Is this normal? It's probably nothing serious. Maybe I'll feel better tomorrow. Emergency symptoms can be good at hiding. That's why you shouldn't ignore symptoms like chest pain, high fever, trouble breathing, or severe stomach pain. They could be a medical emergency in disguise. Thankfully, an Eastside ER is ready to serve you 24-7 with fast wait times and dedicated ER experts so we can quickly help turn your questions into answers. Visit eastsidemedical.com. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, it's time for Gwinnett Business Radio. Gwinnett Business Radio is cared for by Eastside Medical Center, providing quality care to Gwinnett County and the greater Atlanta area for over 38 years. And hello again, everybody, and welcome to Gwinnett Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. Mike Salmond with you on the special Eastside Medical Center monthly edition of our program. And today we're going to talk about the comprehensive joint replacement program and joint fixer-upper program at Eastside Medical Center with our special guests, Dr. William Moeller. He's the director of Eastside's Joint Destinations Program. Jessica Cintron is the Joint Care Coordinator. And Dennis McGowan is a patient who had some work done at Eastside Medical Center. And he's also on the Family Advisory Council uh, membership. So we'll start with uh, Dr. Moeller with Eastside Medical Center. First of all, all three of you, thank you for joining us. Dr. Moeller, when we're talking about the uh, the joint replacement program and the joint destinations program, what are we talking about here? Uh, starting in about 2013, Eastside established a unit, inpatient unit, specifically for patients having total hip, total knee replacement, and spine surgery. So it's not part of the main hospital. It's its own dedicated nursing staff, physical therapist, patient coordinator, actually administration. So it's separate from the main facility designed to treat these patients. What types of procedures are we talking about here? Mostly total joints, so total hip, total knee, and then spine surgery, all sorts of different spine procedures, fusions and simple and not so simple. I mentioned in the open joint replacement, and then I joke joint fixer upper right. as well. So like an, a, an athlete or someone tears an MCI, an ACL or meniscus or something like that, is Doesn't, that joint? Actually, no, because that, okay. that would be, actually it would be outpatient surgery probably, but this is, this is an older population of people having elective surgery. So what, and that's one of the things that separates this unit from the main building. If if somebody tears their ACL, if you fall and break your ankle, if you fall and break your hip, you're not ready for that surgery. You're, it's a bad time, it's never a good time to be hurt, and you go into surgery wishing you weren't there. The Joint Destination Program, one of the things we concentrate on through patient education, through Jess, um, this is a positive thing. It's elective surgery, hopefully to relieve pain, improve your quality of life. So separating these patients from patients who are sick and in the hospital who don't really want to be there is critical. Mm -hmm. There's a different feel on the unit. Gotcha. You're the director of the program and also a surgeon. Orthopedic surgeon, right. Mm -hmm. All right. And Jessica, as the joint care coordinator, what, what does that job entail? So I see patients through the program from start to finish. So the patient sets up surgery with the physician and they schedule to come into the hospital to do their pre-op and they do a pre-op education class with me, typically about 10 days 
um, or more out from surgery. So they come to the hospital, they have lunch with us, and we do a complete education in regards to what they will expect in the hospital, basically telling them everything they want to know and don't want to know about the joint replacement process how to be safe after surgery, how to set up their household before surgery so that when they do get home, they know exactly you know where everything is, how to get to things. And then we also educate their family. So we invite them to have what we call a coach to come with them, a loved one to go through this process so that they know exactly what that expectation is. And we teach the coach just as much as we teach the patient because we want them to remain in that safe environment at home. Um, so I'm there every day on the unit while our patients are um, inpatient in the hospital. And then we do education while they're on the floor. And we also follow up with them after they leave the hospital, making sure that they are good. So I actually call each and every patient after they have discharged. And then a couple months after surgery, we actually invite them back to have dinner with us. Um, so we invite them to see how they're doing, what they've been up to, what they've been able to accomplish, how they're getting back to life. Um, Dennis comes to our dinners as well, talks to them about the long term, what it looks like when you go on vacation and you don't even think about your you know, knee that you had replaced any longer and you have reached the finish line. So this is not someone just walking in, having a procedure done, and they're done and you never see them again. It sounds like there's a relationship here. There absolutely is. I tell them from the very first walk upstairs, I know what that walk looks like, and you come as strangers and you leave as family, and that's exactly what it is. So literally, they never walk alone. That's right. Or play on words, they never hobble <laughs> along, along right. alone until until the surgery, then they're walking fine. Yes. Uh, Dennis, you were a patient. Tell us uh, what happened. I've been a patient more than once. Uh, about five years ago, I had a hip that was going bad. Um, it took six months to make up my mind that it should be replaced, and uh, at that time, I was in the, uh, the joint and spine unit. Uh, it was my first experience there. And I was extraordinarily impressed. Um, more than that, my wife, who's been a nurse for decades, was also extraordinarily impressed. And she doesn't do that very easily. <laughs> um, it was, it, I have a, a, a motto, essentially, about hospital care. It's not enough for a patient to feel cared for. They have to feel cared about. And that is exactly what happened in joint and spine. These folks are dedicated to the patient and their satisfaction in making sure that not only does the surgery go well, but they understand every last aspect of what's expected. Mm -hmm. Then, last year, it became a problem with my knee. And uh, again, it was one of those, when do you want to do it? I said, how about tomorrow? I'm not waiting six months. And it was within two weeks I was scheduled and had that done. The, the intriguing part about all of this, and, and Dr. Moeller referred to part of it, the folks who come there are not sick. They have lived with pain, and they're going to go through a process that is going to make that pain go away. And I see people over and over and over again uh, from a variety of different places, uh, the, the metro area, uh, Georgia, the rest of the United States, who have had joint surgery, and I'm yet to find anyone who has as good an experience as the patients we see at Eastside. The process that Jessica was talking about, did that surprise you? Yes, yes. Um, I, mean, I worked in, in a hospital years ago when I was a lot younger. There was no such thing. And even today, it, the people that I talk to uh, don't know what I'm talking about. When I, when I mention the, the things that go on in the joint and spine unit, 
Um, it wasn't too long ago. I mean, it's summertime. You're wearing shorts, and someone says, hey, you've got a scar there. Did you have a knee replaced? I said, yeah, and then we get into a conversation, and I tell them about Eastside, and they look at me with just disbelief because nobody does that kind of thing. Den Dennis is our best ambassador. <laughs> yeah, right. I can tell. You, you can tell. Um, one of the things that both Jess and Dennis have said that's absolutely critical, patients fear the unknown. So from a surgical perspective, I can show a patient a model. I can show them their x-rays. I can tell, what we're, tell them what we're going to do. That's really a lot of times not what they want to know. Jess tells them day to day, this is how you prepare, this is what to expect. Dennis provides insight that neither Jess nor I can give mm -hmm. because he's been through it. And he probably has as much as an impact on a patient answering questions. What are you worried about? You know, what are you afraid to ask somebody else? And he's up on the unit a lot. He comes to the meetings, he comes to the presentations, and he is a gem in terms of providing insight into this process. But I'd be a little concerned if he's using the operator room and right, he's, got right, the, right, right. he's got the white yeah, on and everything. That's the last okay, uh, so frontier. Not in the operating last room. Frontier. Okay. Right. <laughs> that's right. Not on his standing. I got you. <laughs> right. Um, but anyway, the the interesting thing that he said, if you walk into a hospital and go down on a floor that's a medical floor where people are sick, there's a feeling. If you walk on joint and spine center, it's different and it's hard to explain but there's a positivity and it's anything from patient coordinator nurses physical therapists even the person walking in the room to empty your trash it's they're upbeat they want to know how you're doing can I do anything for you what can I do to make your day better you don't see that in a hospital at least I haven't well, that's what separates this well, facility. well I think there's a positivity too because what you're doing is you're helping people and you're making them better but when's the last time you heard a patient leave a hospital and say, wow, this is way better than I expected. Can't wait to come back. Don't laugh, right? right. They Maybe. do come back. <laughs> yeah. For other things, of course. Because <laughs> Dr. Moeller does such a great job the first time. <laughs> but ironically, when they come back for their second knee or their second hip, they are a different patient also. Mm -hmm. Because, again, they know what they're getting into. They know what to expect. And that's what Dennis provides for us. Well, between Dennis and Jessica, it sounds like education is a big, big part of this. Yes. And it's having, um, there are facilities that use different platforms, you know, maybe videos, different things, but it's different when you have someone they can go to. They can reach me 24 seven before surgery, while they're on the unit, if they ever have a question when they leave the hospital, they can communicate with myself or our floor manager, Sherry Williams, who also provides kind of a nursing aspect for those patients as well. It is constant communication to know that there is always somebody available because they aren't always confident enough to reach out to a physician right away. And at least there is a voice or a commonality that they see constantly to say, oh yes, I don't mind calling Jessica, I don't mind calling Sherry, I just have a simple question that I wouldn't want to ask the physician. And it helps kind of feed the process. You know, the physicians have confidence in what the, pa you know, the patient is receiving from us, and we absolutely love our surgeons. You know, to be able to come to work every day and say you truly enjoy everyone that you work with is, is a different atmosphere. And, and in retro, or in reverse, 
the surgeons respect and love the nurses and the people on that floor. And the reason is because they do this over and over and over and over, they are really good at it. So it's unusual that a nurse will call me at night to ask me what to do. They may or may not call me to tell me what they're going to do, but it's unusual that they run into something they haven't handled before. And again, every patient is treated a little differently, but we've tried to make a common thread in terms of how we treat everyone. So every surgeon has a little you know, idiosyncrasies that they mm -hmm. do, but in general, patients are treated with the same game plan. And that starts the day of surgery. They're out of bed the day of surgery. And again, think about that. That's not really what you'd expect, right? So if a patient had surgery this morning and a patient, and a therapist walks in the afternoon and says, I'm gonna get you up, your response is gonna be, are you crazy? Leave me alone, <laughs> right, I just had surgery, right. you know? Well, if they've been prepared that here's why we're getting you up, it reduces the risk of pneumonia, blood clots, complications, so it's important we get you up. You walk in the room and the patient says, well, let's go. You know, mm -hmm. It's a different mindset when you've prepared them for what's coming their way. Now, how long, Dr. Muller, have you been practicing in Eastside Medical Center? 35 years. 35 years. <laughs> so you've been there. Have you seen a program like this anywhere else? No. And, and you know, usually, okay, I'm, I'm the old man at Eastside, so we'll talk about that. But in the old days, when I was young. Younger. Younger. There was a surgical floor. So a patient, there might be somebody who had a gallbladder out, somebody who had a total knee, somebody who had their appendix, and then somebody with pneumonia or something. So isolating these patients made sense because you're going to get them together and get them moving, you know. But even then, if you had surgery, somebody came in to get you out of bed and walk you up and down the hall. The joint destination program is different because everyone's together so you eat together you have physical therapy together and what's interesting Jesse will tell you this is that patients who go through the program build almost a camaraderie or a bond and I have patients who schedule their appointments for follow-up at the same time as their friends that they met at joint and spine and they push each other to get better and we realized that a long time ago that if you have five people in a row after you know one or two days out of surgery and one of them is bending their knee better they all applaud and then they try to bend their knee as well as the person next door so it they feed off each other but answering your question we used to keep people in bed for several days back in the 70s 80s and then get them up in the average hospital stay when i was in residency in the early 80s was two weeks. The average hospital stay now is probably, I think nationally it's 2.3 days, but east side it's one or two days. So we're actually ahead of the national average. And that would have been unheard of right. 20 years ago, you know. Well, the processes are changed. You have technology, of course, plays Absolutely. a big part now. So folks, in, and I know there's been folks in the past that have been hurting for a long time and they don't want to go because I don't want to be rehabbing forever and I'll be, you know, just having to recover will take forever. These days, how quickly can you recover where well, you're, you're back on your feet and you don't even think about it anymore? I mean, you're in the hospital maybe only one or two days, Correct. but when's the recovery period over? Well depends what you mean but 
the average is people are used on, on a walker for a week or two and a cane for a week or two. So in my practice, for instance, people come back two weeks post-op. Probably half of them, and that's the older patients are on a walker, half of them younger patients on a cane, and one out of 15, one out of 20 come in unassisted walking. So, but they're still sore and they're not normal because they're rehabbing muscles that haven't worked correctly for a long time. Mm -hmm. By six weeks, they're walking, and by three months, they're pretty much out the door. So it's, it's reproducible, although everybody's different. And one of the things we emphasize with patients is don't compare yourself. It's okay to try to outdo the next person, but everybody's different. Everybody recovers at a different rate. And don't listen to the patient who says, you know, I had surgery and three days later I won the Boston Marathon. That's not true. <laughs> or I had, you know, surgery and I was in bed for six months. That's not true either, you know. So somewhere in the middle there is the norm. But the irony is you would not look at Dennis and say, I wonder if he's had a hip or a knee replacement. So the patients who talk the most are not the patients to listen to. The patients who do not make it a big deal that they had surgery because on a day-to-day -day basis they don't think, think about, about it. it those yeah. are the patients you stop and ask what mm -hmm. did you do how did you do it what's your advice to me because that is where the information comes from let's go back to the uh, education part a little bit uh, talking with jessica and dennis and there's an esi patient family advisory council uh, dennis you're a member of that i am t t tell us more about that well what we attempt to do there is make sure that Patients un not only understand why they're there, but make sure that their stay is satisfactory, that they're happy. Um, if, you, if you think about it in other terms, you might be thinking about customer satisfaction, that sort of thing, um, and, and some safety issues. Uh, primarily, though, our goal is to make sure that any patient who has been to Eastside in any of the units leaves understanding and feeling like they've been taken care of. Um, it, there is there's a, just a different feeling there. There really is. Um, I talked to a fella. He's, he's, a, he's in his 70s, and he had a knee replaced a few weeks after I did. About 10 days later, I was uh, out, and I saw him um, in a golf cart. He wasn't playing golf. He was just driving a golf cart. And he pulled over, and we chatted for a few minutes. And he was just singing the praises of the joint and spine unit. But it was his last sentence that impressed me most. He said, I couldn't believe I was in a hospital. That's the level that we see coming back. Jess and I see patients all the time who are nervous, they're anxious. Some of them are 70s and have never had surgery at all. The, the, the idea of anesthesia is, is frightening for them. I try and come back and see them either the afternoon after the surgery or the next day. Invariably, they're sitting in a chair smiling and their answer is, gee, I don't know what I was worried about. <laughs> Jessica, I don't know what you started here because all of a sudden my knee feels fine, but God, I, I miss those folks there, and it was such a pleasant stay. You make you, you've always almost making it too nice. Well, it was, it's actually funny that you say that. So, any anyone and everyone who is a part of our program, from the doctor's office to patients to nurses, um, everyone across the board throughout the hospital, anyone that is going to be a part of our program and come in contact with our patients actually come through the education class. Um, so we actually had one of our physician's assistants who was new to one of our practices um, came to class and after class she goes, I think I want a joint replacement. She's like, yeah. how do you make it sound so good? Um, but it is exactly that. It is the trust that we have in our physicians. It is the trust that we have, you know, 
going both ways to be able to say, I know what the doctor is giving and I know what we can give because we can give a completely different perspective than, you know, most because a lot of times patients go, oh, well, I didn't really see the physician very much before my surgery, but you have us and we know what's going to put you above and beyond your own expectations or we have dentists to come in and say yes this is what is going to bring you to the finish line you have to put in the work the surgeon is doing his portion but it truly goes back on the patient um, to have someone come back in we have family members who come you know as a coach for a patient and they go I will tell everybody in this room it is the physical therapy and what you put into it that is going to give you your outcome so it is the full circle that from me who mm -hmm. ultimately gets to be a glorified cheerleader on a daily basis to give patients that positivity just that feeling to know that you always have somebody on your side i feel like is is truly what i give i enjoy being the presence for the patient and and what separates it is what Jesse just said. You're treating a patient as a person, not as a knee replacement, not as a hip replacement. It's a person. And like she said, the surgeons were on the unit once or twice a day, you know, rounding, checking in, seeing how everyone's going. But they're with the patient on a continual basis. And so if a nurse comes up and says, you know, this woman has a wedding coming, her nephew's getting married in two weeks, we would never know that. That's not a part of a history. You know, right. it's not on her chart. But that's what we need to know because that may be the biggest concern this patient has post-op. So that's where the taking care of the patient, not the fact that they had surgery, is can have a huge impact on the patient's experience in the hospital. We're talking about the Joint Destinations Program at Eastside Medical Center on this special edition of Gwinnett Business Radio. And before we go on, I want to remind everybody that Gwinnett Business Radio is cared for by Eastside Medical Center, quality care close to home. Eastside has been a community health care leader for over 39 years. Nationally recognized for patient safety, Eastside focuses on delivering quality care with exceptional outcomes by using the most advanced technology and experienced physicians. And we're seeing that right here on this program. For more information on Eastside's system of care, visit eastsidemedical.com. Let's talk about that experience. You mentioned you've been there, Dr. Moeller, 35 years. Uh, talk about the physicians. And, and you guys have seen a lot of hip replacements and shoulder replacements and elb elbows and knees and all right. that. We so have. so you see a lot of that. We do. And Eastside, I'm the oldest person orthopedically there. Um, but we have... A generation of younger ones coming behind and and it's interesting the younger physicians a lot of them are using technology and Eastside bought a Mako which is a specific robotic system designed to help put in total knees and it's an alignment system so and again it's a generational thing the younger guys love the technology use the machinery the older ones don't necessarily mm -hmm need see the need for it all right <laughs> um so it's not good or bad it's just different um one of the things we were charged to do when we when we started the unit was taking the protocols of us of six or eight different orthopedists and trying to coordinate them into one essentially game plan that everyone can follow even though you can make little subtle differences depending on a surgeon's preference and that was not as easy as it sounds because Usually surgeons do something for a reason, 
Um, and as I said, one of Jesse's jobs is one patient will have drains and the other one doesn't. One patient, we used to use machines that move your knee. We don't do that anymore, but one would have it, the other one wouldn't. And they want to know why. Why did I do have this and the person next door did not? And it's not necessarily right, wrong, good, bad. It's just that's the way the surgeon treats his patients. So as I said, they had to coordinate all that into don't worry about the little things. The ultimate prize is right. getting better, you know. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I think the biggest change in orthopedics, you know, during my tenure is the speed that we rehab people. It's an accelerated rehab program. It is not just not being in the hospital a long time. And getting out of the hospital is good for the patient. They want to sleep in their own bed. They want to take their own medicine and not ask for it. Physical therapy comes to them at home initially, usually for the first couple of weeks. And they have gotten really good at providing quality PT at home. And then outpatient physical therapy is usually anywhere two weeks to two months, depending on how they do and how progress they make. But it is it's a different mindset. I think that's the, the biggest difference. Gotcha. As we get close to the uh, end of the program, we're talking with Dr. William Moeller, uh, Jessica Cintron, and Dennis McGowan. Uh, Dennis was a patient. Jessica is the joint care coordinator, and Dr. Moeller is the uh, director of the program and uh, one of the surgeons. As we wrap up the program here, if someone is listening and they're experiencing joint pain that's impacting their daily life, why should they choose Eastside's Joint Destinations program? And I'll start with you, Dr. Moeller, and we'll go right down the line. Quality of care. You can, and, and again, of the six or eight surgeons working east side, they probably use five or six different orthopedic systems, meaning different companies, different knees, different hips. And it doesn't, this sounds terrible, it doesn't really matter. In other words, do a good job and the patient does well. If you look at a patient on the unit, you cannot tell what company right. made the knee that's in their knee. But... So that's, they don't want to hear that because obviously that's big business, selling total joint products. But you can, what I'm getting at is you can find a surgeon if you have a particular interest in a particular product, usually marketing, but you can find that surgeon. Um, older pre, you know, surgeons, younger surgeons, the point is we all use the same facility, we all use the same ORs, the same nurses, but the quality of care separates the hospital. Well, it's the final result. Correct. I mean, Henry Aaron's swing was different from Babe Ruth's swing, but the result was a home run every time. Correct. Or so it seemed, and we want a home run when you're replacing any kind of joints. Absolutely. Uh, Jessica? I'd say absolutely educate yourself. Talk to a patient. Talk to a former patient. Seek out, you know, someone like Dennis who has been there, had the experience, and make that decision for yourself. You know, know what exactly is going to go into it from the patient side of things. And then when you're ready, we're here to back you the whole way. All right, and, and Dennis, you obviously chose Eastside's uh, uh, program, and yeah. why should others? Well, I think the integrity of the process, really. Um, everything that's going to happen, every expectation is explained ahead of time. There is no nonsense. You are completely made aware of everything you're going to have to do, everything that's going to happen to you. Um, there's no smoke and mirrors. 
It, the, the understanding that a patient has from the information that, for example, Dr. Moeller gives them and then what Jess gives them, there's, there's no discrepancy here. This is 100% uh, coordinated uh, information. And when the patient arrives for surgery, they are so well prepared that typically what I see is an enthusiasm that all this pain I've been carrying for years is about to go away because these folks have been honest mm -hmm. with me. We all love surprises, just not at the hospital. <laughs> so, uh, and I, obviously, if people want to read up some more information, uh, eSciMedical.com is the is the website. Is there a particular part of the website that might focus just on the joints? Yes. So um, joint destination is outlined on the website through the orthopedic page. Great. And it's eSciMedical.com. Thank, thank you, uh, all three of you, for joining us here on the program today. Great, thank great you, conversation. Thank, thank you. Nice to be here. Before we leave, I want to remind you that love is what makes a Subaru, and we're broadcasting from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio. Get big savings and enjoy their hassle-free experience. Subaru of Gwinnett is where people sell cars. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com and join their family today. Come on in and see the difference. If you're already a Subaruist, then follow Subaru of Gwinnett's Facebook page for the latest Subaru offers, news, and community events. My thanks to our guests for joining us again today on the program. You can listen to this program anytime, 24-7 by going to businessradiox.com select the Gwinnett Studio and then click on Gwinnett Business Radio. Also, follow us on social media. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Connect with us on LinkedIn. We're all at Gwinnett Radio X. For our producer Trey, I'm Mike and we will see you next time right here on Gwinnett Business Radio. Uh, uh, uh.